Well, this morning, I want to talk to you about <clears throat> capturing the wonder of being blessed. My whole purpose in this series <clears throat> has been that you and I would never forget what it means to be loved by God, that we would be obsessed by the love of God. We would never forget we would always be wandering and just caught up in the wonder that God chose to be our Father, that He loves us. <clears throat> Someone wanted to know what was the verse I read this morning. It was Psalms 86 and verse 5. If you want to go home and look at that later and just continue to pray that. In the very next Psalm, I believe it's in Psalms 86, it may be Psalms 87, God says that he will gather all the nations unto himself. He will be a father to them that God loves you and I and he cares for us. But one of the things that I think we forget sometimes is what it means to be blessed because we hear it so often. And I want us to take a careful look at that blessing. Psychologists say that your earliest memories really affect your life. I don't know what your earliest memories are, but I've asked several people this week, what are your earliest memories? And I hope that you will take time today to write down your earliest memories. My earliest memories have to do with being in a hospital and my parents reading scripture to me. I can, when I think back, those are the very earliest memories I have is of my family reading to me and praying over me, my pastor coming to see me in the hospital and praying for me. Those, those memories, though they were marked by a lot of pain, those memories of people praying and reading the Word of God to me have had a profound impact on my life. Some of you, your earliest memories may be painful. Some of you, your earliest memories may be full of joy. But either way, whether it's pain or sorrow or whether it's joy and happiness, God has a blessing for your life and has called you to live in blessing. So I'm going to ask you to stand with me. I want to read you a rather lengthy passage from Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse 2. I, you should go home and read the rest of this today because there are seven distinct blessings in this passage. And Jesus teaches us and the writings of the epistles of Paul teach us that all of these blessings and all these covenant promises belong to us in Christ because of what Jesus accomplished for us. So never think these are just for the nation of Israel. These are for the body of Christ. These are for what the Bible calls the new Israel. Can we say amen to that? So we receive these blessings. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. If you obey the voice of the Lord your God, blessed shall you be in the city, blessed shall you be in the field. Maybe you could think about that, blessed as you go out to work in the morning and blessed as you come home for work in the morning. Blessed shall be the fruit of your womb and the fruit of your ground and the fruit of your cattle, the increase of your herds and the young of your flock. In other words, blessed will be your children, blessed will be your work and what God gives you, whether it is from agriculture or from some other form of, of work. The Bible also goes on to say, Then blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. Blessed shall you be. And blessings will overtake you. Say that with me. Blessings will overtake you. Say it again. Blessings will overtake you. But remember when I did the series on the promises of God, I said there are some promises of God that are conditional, 
There's a big condition here. If you obey the Lord, if you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Join me in prayer. Father, I ask you this Pentecost Sunday that not only will you pour your spirit out upon us afresh, not only will there be the gifts of the spirit and the fruit of the spirit and signs and wonders and miracles, may we never lack those things. But Father, may we be given hearts that are fully devoted to you. May we truly be passionate followers of Christ who delight in obeying the word of the Lord. Now, Jesus, I ask you, open our eyes to behold and to see wonderful things from your word and to recognize truly our position in you today. For it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen, amen, and amen. God bless you. Grab a pencil or a pen and let's get started this morning. When I read this passage of Scripture, something becomes acutely aware to me, and I'm going to be going rapidly this morning, so you've got to keep up. Knowing God's Word is absolutely fundamental to God's blessings. Knowing the Word of God, reading the Word of God, studying the Word of God is fundamental to enjoying the blessings of God. If you read Psalms 1 and 2, they define the blessed life. Most of us in this room, room we're familiar with Psalms 1. It talks about those who constantly delight in the Lord, that they're like trees planted by the rivers of life, and that their fruit shall not wither. The blessed person is a person that somehow or another receives and retains the life-giving source of God's Word in their lives and is watered by the Holy Spirit. They will always be fruitful, even in their old age. I was praying with one of our elderly members yesterday in the hospital, and I was reminded as I was looking at this 90-year-old man, reminded that even in their old age, they shall be fruitful. And after we got done praying, <clears throat> maybe the family is watching this morning, he looked at me and he says, Pastor, he broke his hip playing golf. Can you imagine that? 90 years old. Broke his hip playing golf. And he says, but Pastor, I got four pars on the back nine before I broke my hip. Now that's the kind of older man I want to be. Can you say amen to that? Now, here's the deal. His roots are stable. That's what it means to be planted by the rivers of life. That your roots grow down deep into the word of God. The wicked in that Psalms 1 are described as being self-centered rather than God-centered. They're people that think they know better than God. You could call them self-instructed rather than God-instructed. But then Psalms 2 goes on then to define and to tell us that the people who are blessed who will, are the people who allow their lives to be ruled by God. That's what we mean when we say Jesus is Lord. That's sometimes hard for common and secular, for common secular people to understand today because we don't have lords and nobles in this country. Sometimes people ask me about the monarchy in Great Britain and what all's going on over there, and I say, I don't know, I don't care, I'm an American. We fought that battle in 1776. Now, my wife is just the opposite. She cares about all of that. The monarch is important. But when I watched parts of it with her, I was impressed by how much of the Word of God was used in that ceremony. And if they truly followed what Charles pledged himself to do, he would live a life ruled by God, led by God, submitted to the Lord, so that he could lead his people in the ways of godliness. The Bible tells us in Psalms 2 that God laughs at and dismisses people 
who mock his word, who ignore his rule and try to live their own lives. They're refusing his will, they're refusing his way, so they live outside the blessing of God. So knowing God's word, it's fundamental to being blessed. Because like I told you earlier from the passage we read from Deuteronomy chapter 28, if you don't know that there are 17 blessings in that passage, you don't know how to claim those blessings for your life. You don't know how to lean into those blessings. You don't know how to move forward into those blessings. So you find yourself trying to self-instruct or go to the self-help section of Amazon or Barnes and Nobles. But God has a blessing for you. And by the way, there are thousands of applications to those blessings that God gives to us. The blessed life doesn't come by me accomplishing my goals. Everybody wants to know about my goals and my life pursuit. The blessed life doesn't come by me accomplishing my goals. The blessed life comes by me seeking the Lord, walking in the light of his ways, and living under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Can we give him a hand of praise for that this morning? Amen. The Bible says in Psalms 2 and verse 12, blessed are those who take refuge in him. So God is telling you in Psalms 1, let me teach you. And he's telling you in Psalms 2, let me rule your life. Secondly, here is the will of God for your life. Get ready, write this down. God wants to bless me. God wants to bless me. God fervently wants to bless you. God desires to bless you. Never forget that this morning. God is for you. He's not against you. And if God be for us, who can be against us? Somebody say amen. That's what the, Lord of the, the word of the Lord says. Look at 2 Chronicles chapter 16 and verse 9. The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Do you want to know why I had you look up to heaven and pray this morning? Because God is looking for people to bless. When I want somebody's attention, I usually, and I'm going to turn the mic off for just a second if you're watching online. I get people's attention. And if I can't yell loud enough, I look at Pastor Corey because he's got a bigger set of lungs than I got. And he gets everybody's attention. Or sometimes I do this. So this morning, if you want God to bless you, let's give a wave offering to the Lord right now. Would you do that? Just That's what the Bible calls a wave offering. We would lift our gifts in the Old Testament and we'd wave them before. I want to be blessed. If you don't want to be blessed, that's okay. You live a snarly life. I want to walk in the fullness of everything God has for me. If you agree with that, say amen. There was a man named Jabez in the Bible. This man Jabez, when he was born, his birth caused his mother a lot of pain. That's why she named him Jabez, because she caused him so much pain. Jabez prayed that the Lord would bless him. Jabez prayed that the Lord would not allow him to cause anybody else pain. He literally prayed these words. This is literally the word of God that I may not cause pain. That's in First Chronicles chapter 4 if you want to read it later. Now, Jabez was needy. Listen, Jabez was needy, but he wasn't greedy. And there is a difference between being needy and greedy. Greedy people try to get all they can, can all they get, and keep it for themselves. 
Needy people understand what it means to be in need. Need of emotional healing, need of friendship, need of encouragement, need of peace, need of time, need of space, need of money, need of skill set, uh, uh, being blessed or increased, need of a home, need of a car. Needy people knows what it means to be to be in need, and when they are blessed by God, they learn how to use what God has given them for his glory and honor. You see, God by his nature, and some of you need to hear this this morning, God by his nature is generous, for God so loved the world that he gave. God by his nature is good. The book of Psalms is replete with stories about the goodness of God. God, by his nature, is kind. When people tell me they're afraid of God, I go, it's right to fear the Lord and reverence the Lord because we will never understand him. But understand this, this almighty, all-powerful, fearsome God in heaven, he is for you, he's not against you. When you look at an empty cross, you remember that Jesus died for you, he rose again from the dead, he ascended to heaven, he's coming back one day because God loves you, God is good, God is kind, God is generous, and God is able to do what he said he would do. And he responds to people who come to him and says, Father, bless me. Bless me. May I not cause anybody pain. Expand my territory so that I can be a blessing to others. Jabez prayed. He says, Lord, enlarge my territory. Maybe for you that might be enlarge my influence, enlarge my opportunities. <clears throat> Lord, enlarge my heart that I might be a better lover and not a fighter. Lord, en enlarge my generosity that I might learn to give cheerfully and happily. And the Bible tells us that God did these things for him because what Jabez was praying for, he was saying, Lord, I want your hand upon my life. I want your hand upon my life. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you have ever been in prayer and somebody has just come along and laid a hand on your shoulder while you were praying and you felt strength and encouragement from that? Could I see your hand this morning? Or how many of you have ever been working real hard on a project and somebody just came along and put their hand on your shoulder and patted you and it just encouraged you to work, any, work a little harder? Can I see your hand on that? When the hand of God is upon your life, no weapon against you can prosper. When the hand of God is upon your life, that in visible hand of God that caused the widow's meal barrel to continue to provide meal, that caused the widow's cruise of oil to continue to flow with oil, the hand of God that brought healing to the leper, the hand of God that brought healing to the blind, the hand of God that reached out and touched and healed the sick. When God's hand is upon your life, you can't help but have your life enlarged, and if you submit to the will of God, you don't cause people pain, but you bring joy, and you bring the goodness of Jesus Christ of their lives. Somebody give the Lord a hand of praise this morning. It's why Jesus taught us, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. To be blessed, to capture the wonder of being blessed, is not to ask God to bless you just so you can be blessed, but so that you can become a blessing. So that you can become a blessing in other people's lives just the way God blessed you. I wanted to be healed not just so I could be healed, but so that I could pray for healing and bring healing to others. 
I wanted to overcome my shyness and my inferiority, not just so I could be confident, but so that I could come to others and show them that there is a God who will help you to become more than an overcomer. The greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We want God to provide for us, not just so we can be comfortable, so that we can provide for others. When I prayed over you this morning for our missions giving and our tithing this morning, we give so that others might receive as well. I want to pray that I won't be a pain in the derriere to anybody, but I will be a blessing to everyone. Can you say amen? Some of you right now, I bet if I was to say, who is a pain in your life? You could come up with a name or two. But what would I, you're all laughing, see? And I hope they're not sitting beside you this morning, okay? Look at them and say, I love you. You're not a pain to me, okay? Some of you look like you don't believe each other. <laughs> I'm teasing, I'm teasing. God doesn't bless us so that we're the end user of the blessing. God blesses us so that we can pass the blessing along. Now, let me see if I can apply this. It's not wrong to ask God for money. It's just not wrong. If you need money, ask God for money. But also pray this way, Lord, I'm asking you to bless me financially so that I can help others financially. Does that make sense? If you need a car to go to work, then ask God for a car. It's not wrong to pray for a car. Lord, I'm not asking for a car to increase my, MP, my miles per gallon. I'm not asking for a car to increase my status. I don't need a a luxury item on the front end of my car. I'm asking you to bless me with a car so I can go to work and I can help others in order that I can help somebody else get to work. If you need a house or an apartment or someplace, it's not wrong to ask God for those things. But learn how, as Becky and I have always prayed, that your home can have a place where uh, can be a place where others can be refreshed and encouraged at. It's not wrong to ask God to help you get better at your skill sets and say, Lord, help me increase my skills so that I can serve better and maybe I can have more influence for you because I become a better plumber or I become a better welder or architect or physician or whatever it is. It's not wrong to ask God for a job because you're not just asking for your provision. You're asking so that God can provide to you to others. I want to be blessed so I can be a blessing. Somebody say amen. There is an author that wrote something one time. His name is John Powell. He wrote these words. It's very hard to love others when you have a toothache. What's he saying? It is hard for me to think about you and your needs when I've got a toothache. Now, not if you've just had some sensitivity when you drink cold water, but how many like me, you've ever had a bad toothache? You ever had an abscess? You know what I'm talking about? You don't care about any, you just want relief. Is that, is that what I'm saying? You see, when you're in pain, this is what Jabez is praying about. He says, Lord, I don't want to cause people, but I cause my mother pain in birth, so much so that everywhere I go, people go, oh, here comes pain. Here comes pain. Here comes the one who causes pain. Your earliest memories affect your life. And somehow or another, those early memories of Jabez that he had had affected him in such a way that when he got to be a man, he prayed, Lord, I don't want to be a pain to anybody. I want to be a blessing to people. And so I ask you, enlarge my territory. Let your hand be upon me. And may I not bring pain to anybody else so that 
I can serve you better. Smith Wogglesworth says that when you have a need, when you have pain, when you have hurt, how many of you know who Smith Wogglesworth was? Only two people, four, okay, put them up. Few people know who Smith Wogglesworth was. Smith Wogglesworth was a powerful evangelist from Great Britain, preached around the world. People were healed, marvelous miracles. Sometimes people just tell part of the story of Smith. One of our very dear friends worked for Smith Wigglesworth. She's in heaven now, but her father worked for Smith. She grew up around the Wigglesworth family, and then later she and her husband worked for the Wigglesworth. But he knew pain. He knew what it meant to suffer. And yet God used him to bring blessings to others. But if you were with our prayer service last night, I said this last night in the prayer service, Smith Wigglesworth said that your pain and your need is a step up into the grace of God. Jabez's earliest memories had affected his life, and he decided he was not going to let the fact that he had caused his mother pain and that everybody else had caught, that he had, everybody else caused, called him the one who caused others pain. He decided that I'm going to step up into the grace of God because God can change my life. God can make things differently. God wants to bless me. And God heard Jabez's prayer and he took his pain and he made Jabez a blessing. And thousands of years later, here we are talking about him. So God wants to bless you so that you can become a blessing. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, it is God himself who has made us what we are given us new lives from Christ Jesus, and long ages ago he planned that we should spend our lives helping others. So how should I spend my life? How should you spend your life? Look at your neighbor and say, you should spend your life helping others. And I'd like to start with you. Let it begin at the house of God. That's what the Bible says. Let it begin with the house of God and let it spill out from the house of God. Now, look at your neighbor this morning and say, I need your help. Now, how many of you need help? Can I see your hand? Everybody needs help somewhere. Those of you who aren't lifting your hand, you're either canned it all for yourself and you're thinking, I'm going to get by. Listen, all of us will always have needs that we face in life. So how do we take this blessing? Let's go through this really. This is the, the growth work I have for you this morning. Serving God by blessing people will produce joy in my life. I want joy. I don't want to be miserable. I don't want to be Eeyore. I don't want to be puddle glum. I want the joy of the Lord in my life. I want the joy of the Lord in your life. I have told you this before, but I always remember this lady back when we were, we were sending out cassette tapes, and now people watch online. But how many of you remember cassette tapes, you know? We were all tapeworms back then. So we, we had these cassette tapes, and we were sending them out, and this lady called the church, and she says, I just want you to know I think it's ungodly that your church laughs as much as it does. So I picked up the phone, and I called her back. I said, ma'am, the joy of the Lord is our strength. We are a happy church, and we are happy in Jesus. I don't want to go to the church where they're grumbling and complaining all the time. She didn't want to talk to me. <laughs> you see, serving people, blessing people brings joy to my life. How many of you would agree with me, our world needs a lot more joy? 
How many of you would agree with me? Your neighborhood needs a lot more joy. Our workplaces need a lot more joy. Our church needs joy. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 4, always be full of joy in the Lord. That is not an option. That is a command. Always be full of joy. Now, that doesn't mean you're jumping up and down like Tigger all the time. Tigger makes a mess out of things occasionally. But it does mean that there is a deep-seated, deep-rooted joy in our lives. He says, I say it again, rejoice. When we clap our hands, we're rejoicing. The Bible tells us, clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. Clapping our hands is a way of celebrating God's goodness, his love to us. It's also not wrong to clap and celebrate when, when a singer sings well or when an artist does well. He says, let everyone, now look at this, look at the connection. Let everyone see that you are unselfish and considerate in all you do. Do you see the connection between joy and unselfishness and consideration of others? How many of you see that? Just a few of you. So let me say it again. Don't make me say it a third time because we won't get any further. I see it again. Rejoice. Let everyone see that you are unselfish and considerate in all you do. How many of you see the connection between joy and an unselfish life and a considerate life? May I see your hand this morning? Thank you. Now I'm full of joy. Remember, now he tells us this, remember the Lord is coming soon. He's saying, be joyful because Jesus is coming. Be joyful in serving others because Jesus is coming. Be joyful in being considerate of others because Jesus is coming. And when Jesus is coming, he's going to reward his passionate followers. Somebody say, come on, victory this morning. Hallelujah. The second thing that being a blessing does is it builds healthy relationships. How many of you would like to see your relationships improve? Can I see that? See your hands? Of course. I want to see my enemies be at peace with me. I want to walk in this sort of healthy relationship. There's a story in the Bible that I think we really need to take a moment and just look at here and, and, and bear with me. Just I, This is getting to be a habit. Bear with me just another few minutes, but... Joseph, who had been deeply wronged by his brothers, and most of you know the story, but so deeply wronged, sold into slavery, had a difficult and cruel life because of the treachery of his brothers. When he saw his brothers, and it was within his power to curse them or to bless them, he blessed them with forgiveness. And because he blessed them with forgiveness, Joseph found joy. His father found joy. His brothers found joy. We found joy because the tribe of Israel was not wiped out because somebody forgave. You have no clue who you forgive today, what difference that might make generations from now. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed, and those who help others are helped. Let's read that together. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed, and those who help others are helped. God will never leave you. God will never forsake you. Some of you maybe feel like your life is in ashes. Some of you feel like you're on the, 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 the ash heap of life right now, but I have a word from heaven for you this morning. I mean, this is scary. 
gets this straight from God's word. He will give you joy for mourning. He will give you beauty for ashes. Can you say amen this morning? That's the blessing of the Lord. And then finally, and honey, if you'll come on up, blessing others, serving others results in you and I living a blessed life. It means that we are blessed in our going in and our going out. Do you know the rabbis say about these blessings that in the word of God, that every single word carries with it because it's the life-giving word. It carries with it 70 different meetings, every single word. And I just tried for an experiment sitting down, taking some of the covenant promises of the Lord and applied them to our family and watched what God had done. It made me last night during our prayer service say, we will never give up. It caused me Thursday when I was in St. Joseph's Hospital praying with one of the members from our congregation who's been in a coma for three years. I said, Lord, we're not going to give up. Surely, if you wanted to bring him home, you could have brought him home by now. As I sang over him songs of healing, prayed over him verses of Scripture, I don't know if he heard me or not. I'm not saying he did, but I'm telling you this. He rolled his head over and opened his eyes and looked at me. And I just kept singing. You see, there's something about blessed people. Understand this. We don't give up. We don't give up. His wife told me, she says, recently, Pastor, somebody told me I should just give up and let him go. I said, he's not on life support. He's not artificially being kept alive. She said, Pastor, should should I just give up? No. It might be easier to give up. But had that soldier not put the reins in his mouth when his arm was broken, had that soldier not continued charging into battle when his arm literally was almost blown off, Maybe we'd be speaking French today instead of English. Had those men and women who fought for this country, maybe we'd be speaking German today instead of English. You see, there is a quality that comes to people who are enthusiastic about God and believe that greater is He that is in me. We don't let the gates of hell prevail. We don't let hell push us around, but we push back against the gates of hell. And Jesus says, hell will not prevail against you and I. And so like a a William Wallace riding in front of his troops, encouraging them, Paul says to you and me this morning in 1 Corinthians 15 and 58, Always work enthusiastically for the Lord. For you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. And then in Proverbs 10 and verse 7, the scripture says, Good people will be remembered as a blessing. Stephen Covey sold a lot of books by asking people to take time to write their obituary. How do you want to be remembered? If you will live and seek the blessing of God and pass the blessing of God alone, you'll be remembered. In three generations when I die, nobody will know my name. 
Three generations when you die, nobody will know your name. But the people who follow us, they'll know their lives got a good start. They'll know that you broke chains or God broke chains in your life. Maybe your mother was a drug addict. Maybe your father was an alcoholic and he was never there. Maybe you had an abusive dad. Maybe you were a drug addict. Maybe you were doing something that brought harm to your children. Maybe your children don't even know you today. But you, somehow or another, you found the grace and the favor of God and you broke those chains. And everybody's life that you touch is being blessed now. And when the gospel comes to them, they come to you and they say, I'm sorry. And they come to you with forgiveness. And those who hurt you and you wounded them, you go to them for forgiveness. And Satan is crushed under the heel of our feet. He is crushed under the heel of our feet because the bitterness is not passed along. The addictions are not passed along. The bondage is not passed along. The slavery is not passed along because we have been set free by the power of the blessing of God in our lives. Can you say amen this morning? I'm going to ask you to stand with me and let's get ready to go to the Lord in prayer. Father David said, who am I? Oh, Lord God, and what is my family that you have brought me this far? God, who am I? Who are we as a congregation that you have blessed us and you have brought us this far in life? And thank you this morning that because of the blessing of God, we have freedom from our past. We have hope for our future. And we have the power of God for the present. I thank you that we will be a people that not bring pain, but that we will be a people, Lord, who pass the blessing along. For as we came into this church, we were blessed. As we go out of this church, we are blessed. Lord, we will be blessed when we go to work and when we come home for work. Lord, our cupboards will be blessed. Our checkbooks will be blessed. Our finances will be blessed. Our health will be blessed. Our children will be blessed. Lord, even our pets are going to be blessed because of the goodness and the favor of the Lord. This is what your word says. And we receive it in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, Lord, I pray for those who are here or watching online, that, God, they have yet to receive the greatest blessing of all, and that's the forgiveness of their sins through Jesus Christ. And if that's you today, friend, I'm asking you right now, would you just ask Jesus to come into your life? Would you ask him to forgive you of your sins? God wants to bless you with forgiveness and grace. So pray this prayer with me. I'm going to look you right in the eye. You, you pray with me right now. Say, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I believe and I know that you want to bless me today. And the greatest blessing is to have the power of sin broken in my life, to have my sins forgiven, and to have my sins washed away. So today, I commit my life to you. I am a new man. I'm a new woman because of Jesus Christ today. 
for it's in your name I pray. Amen and amen. And if you're in this building and you prayed that prayer, would you, nobody looking around, but if you prayed that prayer, would you lift up your hand just so I can be praying for you this week? Wow. Wow. Pastor, I'm praying that prayer all over this building. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise today. Amen. Hallelujah. God is so good. Now may the Lord bless you as you walk out of this church. May the Lord bless you when you crank up your car. May the Lord bless your meal and cause your food to be life and healing to you. May your water bring healing to you. And as you eat every mouthful this afternoon, may you give the Lord thanks for the strength and the nourishment that it brings you so that you can bless others. Go in the name of Jesus and be in peace today. Amen. Amen.